Hey, welcome to the Juice Bar Experts podcast, where we are going to give you tips, tools, strategies for launching a new juice bar or scaling and increasing the profitability and efficiency in your existing juice bar. I'm your host, Andrew McFarlane. For the last 10 years, I've been in the juice bar business, running my own juice bars, as well as helping hundreds of entrepreneurs all around the world launch successful juice businesses. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to another episode. Hope you guys are feeling great. I'm feeling pretty good. I am drinking some celery juice. I've been having a liter of celery juice delivered to my house every morning, which has been feeling good. If you don't know, you probably know. But yeah, celery has been really kind of uh, becoming very popular for its ability to help with digestion. Um, Celery also strengthens the bones. It's good for hormones. So many things that celery is great for. Um, But today, we're not talking about celery juice. We're talking about three things that will help you improve your employee retention. If you don't know what retention is referring to, it's basically just a way of saying how long your employees stay at your business. Why is that important? Because hiring and replacing people is tedious, it takes energy, and it's also expensive. The reason it's expensive, if you haven't had a business before, it might be something that you hadn't thought about, but there is a lot of money that's going to go towards training people that when an employee doesn't run at full efficiency, right, they don't know everything, then they just tend to be slower. So you need to have other people there to support them. Because there is a period of time when when someone comes into your business, they don't know anything about your business. And then it might take them, you know, a couple of weeks to get moderately proficient. It might take them four months, six months to get really proficient, depending on what the role is, right? If they're in a management role or an assistant management role um, and they don't have much uh, juice bar experience, these things can take time. And so all of that leads to a cost for you and your bottom line which can sometimes be hard to measure, but you know, needless to say, having employees move in and out of your business too often is something that you want to avoid if you can. Now, that being said, it's also unavoidable, right? Almost no job, especially in food service, is permanent or forever. You know, someone's not going to have uh, a role as a cashier at your business for, in most instances, for the next 30 years of their life. Uh, there is a need to retain people, but there's also a need to understand that when people leave and you hire new people, that you need to have the proper systems in place in order to make that process smooth and as effortless as possible when it comes to getting people up to speed and what their roles are, which is a whole nother conversation and I'm not going to talk about that much, but it's something to understand. So I'm going to talk about three things that you guys can take away that are really tangible that you can put your attention towards that will completely and uh, definitely contribute to you retaining employees a lot longer in your business. Now, the first thing should be obvious, but I'm going to dive into more elements around this, but it is hiring well, hiring intelligently. The question often comes down to, what does that mean? What does it mean to hire well? And 
it's understanding the things that make a great employee. Now, I could talk about hiring for a long, long, long time, but I'm not going to do that in this episode. Maybe I'll create another episode where I talk about hiring at length. But I'm going to give you guys some tips and things to think about when it comes to hiring people that should give you a bit more insight than you might have if you haven't done this before. Now, the first mistake that I see juice business owners and just business owners in general make when it comes to hiring is they're not completely transparent or truthful about the expectations for the role, right? A business owner might want to come off really relaxed and, you know, buddy-buddy with their employees that, yeah, this is going to be a fun job. It's great. It's going to be easy. When in the reality of the situation is it's going to be very challenging and difficult and there are other expectations that weren't clear. And what is that ultimately going to do? It's going to make people feel resentful for the role. They're, they didn't come with the right mind state, right? And then they might leave or they might stay in the role, but they're not going to perform effectively because they just weren't clear. They didn't know what the expectations were. So that's the first mistake. The second mistake is, and the thing to, to really look out for is having a clear understanding of the values of the business and therefore the values of the kinds of people that you want your company to attract. The unique thing and the, the interesting thing about building a business and, and really ultimately creating a culture within that business is that it's not always just about the skill sets that people have, right? It's about what their values are, their dispositions. How do they communicate with one another? Are they getting along? Because if you have someone who's really great at their role, but they feel like they just don't fit with the community of people in the company, they don't get along, then they're not going to want to stay either. So this is why hiring is very nuanced and it's a very tricky thing. But just to outline things in a little bit more with a little bit more clarity, first and foremost, be clear about the expectations for the role. And I know that this can be difficult, especially if you've never run this kind of business before, to really know what the expectations are going to be or how easy or difficult those things are. So, uh, you know, for the conversations like that, and if you need to dive deeper into those things, reach out to me and we can have those conversations. If you don't know, Andrew at StarterJuiceBar.com. Um, but ultimately, if you do know, clearly articulate those things. The second thing is finding people whose values align with your business. Now, there's a spectrum there. I've seen clients who we've had who were looking for people who, you know, look like fitness models and have four-year degrees in nutrition. And, and, you know, hey, that would be ideal in some scenarios for these people to ha have the, um, you know, uh, physical attributes of someone who's very healthy to be in a place where they've got the um, you know, information to educate your customers. And those things are all great. And if you can find those people, more power to you, but that's pretty rare. So uh, for me, more importantly than finding people who might be uh, reflecting the exact diet that, you know, is is maybe ideal and, and everything that I mentioned previously, it's finding people who's, who really value health or aspire to learn in a very sincere way more about health. That's ideal. Okay. So and there's going to be a spectrum, right? Because you are going to find people who have a lot of experience with juicing, which is part of the beauty of this kind of business and the intention of these companies is you will find people who are really inspired to work with your business because of what your company is doing for the world. And they'll put their heart into it because they know that they're a part of something that's beautiful. You know, we've had people that have come to us who have had uh, 
a history of illness that they've overcome through juicing, and they just wanted to be in a juice bar to be able to share that with people to contribute to something that they believed in. There's also been situations where people have worked in environments that are not as nice. You know, they've worked in 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 burger shops with grills and it's hot and it smells and they just didn't want that because they might have been vegetarian or they just prefer to be around fresh juice. And so these are all things that are really helpful that someone can kind of appreciate coming from a different environment. So that's something to be aware of is do your values align. The next thing, and it's a tip that I'll give you is if you can do working interviews. Now, depending on where you're located in the world and what state you're in, there's going to be different uh, requirements and you're going to want to check in with your labor board to figure out what you need to do in order to do that. And it might mean putting them on the payroll for the day or making sure that they have their food handlers permits, etc. But if you can get someone in your kitchen, assuming that they're working in that kind of role or maybe if they're in retail, get them into a place where they can ask questions. You know, do they ask good questions? Are they getting along with the rest of the staff? Are they uh, taking feedback well? Do they move through the kitchen with confidence? You'll learn so much about someone in a very short period of time if you can get them in that situation where it will help you make a very informed decision. So that's my last tip that I'll give you about hiring. And actually, I'll give you one more. The last one will be to make sure that you're very clear in the job posting about your company, who you're looking for, right? And be as clear as possible because it will maybe turn some people off, but it will turn the right people on. So be aware that the hiring process starts at the job posting. It doesn't start at the interview. And so that's what I'll leave you with. And there's, there's more to it, but um, I don't want to make this whole episode about hiring people. The next thing that I want to talk about and the second tip is creating a culture within your business to allow your employees to contribute to your company's evolution, right? So the second tip is creating a culture of contribution. How do you do this? Ask for your employees' feedback, right? Learn from them. Be humble and ask them how you can improve in supporting them, right? So I always like to ask my staff questions. Hey, what can we do better as a company? What can we improve on? You'll learn so much. It, this is not only helpful to retain employees, it's helpful for your business evolution because granted, as the owner, you're going to only see so much and gr you might see a lot, but you can't see everything. And when your employees can tell you, hey, I noticed when we peel the oranges that, you know, the trash can should be here instead of there. That's just one thing that's going to make their lives easier and make them want to stay because they know that they have the ability to change the way things are done and it'll help you gain some insight. Now, granted, you might not take all of their advice because there might be reasons that you do things that they don't understand, but it gives you another lens and it gives you the ability to create a, a culture in your company where people feel valued and they feel like their, their opinions and their thoughts matter. And to be honest, they should matter. This isn't something that you're doing to placate people. It's just an intelligent thing to do to allow your business to evolve and to allow your employees to feel like they have some semblance of ownership and an investment in the business's evolution that will keep people around uh, in ways that you can't imagine. Now, moving on to the final thing, and this is about really collaborating with your staff in understanding what their goals and their desired growth trajectories are. So having conversations with people in your staff and finding out, and this could be from the very beginning, right, at the interview, what is going to make this role feel successful for you? What 
are your goals in terms of potential growth opportunities within this business? Do you want to manage one day? You know, would you like to open your own store? And you don't have to be so leading, right, in the question. Just leave it open-ended to ask them what their goals are. And then from there, you can outline a clear, if it feels aligned, because there are obviously going to be people who you just don't want to manage one of your locations or otherwise. But if there are people in your business that you feel like you would love for them to grow in the company financially, right, through their hourly wage or salary, through their roles and responsibilities and positions, having conversations with them so that they understand that they're not in a dead-end role. And granted, it might take a year for them to get to that next place. It might take two years for them, you know, but you, but if you can speak to them and say, hey, I really love that idea for you. Like, I could see you managing a store. In order for you to do that, you need to learn how to do X, Y, and Z, right? I need to feel like you're proficient in here. I need to feel like, you know, whatever the criteria is, have that conversation with them. Be clear, right? Don't set false expectations where you tell someone, hey, in six months, you can have your own location. That's just also not truthful or honest or realistic. But if somebody feels like they understand what the opportunity for growth is in your business, that's a great thing. It's going to keep them around. It's going to keep them inspired and make them feel like everything that they're doing isn't in vain if that is their goal. Now, granted, some people aren't going to want to grow with your company and it might just be a transition role because they've, they're in school or studying for something else. And you know, all that's fine. But for you as a business owner, it also helps to be aware of that because you may not want to be uh, nurturing those people to become managers or to become district managers or whatever the roles are that you need if they've got one foot in and one foot out. So this is why it's really important to have these kinds of conversations because ultimately it's going to help them be clear as to the trajectory, but it's also smart for you because it helps you position people appropriately and invest in the right people in your company based on where things are going and what you need in your core team. So the last thing that I'll tell you about this is look up Maslow's hierarchy of needs. This is a pyramid, or I should say often uh, times depicted in the form of a pyramid that basically outlines for us as human beings, what are our hierarchy of needs? And when you learn more about this, it'll teach you about how you can support your employees in accomplishing their hierarchy of needs and know that employees don't just work for money. Money is important, but at a certain point, people are going to want to find fulfillment in their job through mastery, through growth, right, through having autonomy and, and a level of sovereignty when it comes to their role, etc. So I hope this has been helpful. If you guys need support with this or any other aspect of your business growth and development, reach me personally at andrew at startajuicebar.com. We've got a full-scale development firm. We can help you with everything from your branding and menu design and equipment lists and you know finding the right location and designing that location and so much more. So feel free to reach out and we can have that conversation. Until next time, I hope you guys are happy and healthy. This is Andrew McFarlane with startajuicebar.com and the Juice Bar Experts podcast. I'll see you guys at the next one. Take care.